Elliot Kalen is the founder of Prosperity Financial Group. They're a firm that's helped thousands of individuals, busy professionals, entrepreneurs, and retirees manage their money and achieve financial independence. He is a nonprofit, passionate about the nonprofit world. He is the author of the best-selling book, Driven. Welcome, Elliot. Great to be here, George. Thank you. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Love to. I've been doing this now for 30 years here in Northern California. We help people make money. Uh, That's the key. Uh, We have a saying that we help you. If it's money, it's personal. And so we deal quite a bit with assets, liabilities, and creating wealth, as well as help people sleep better at night because they know we're taking care of them. And that's the business of what we do, which is really good. Then there's the passion of what we do. Passion of what we do is taking this to a whole new level. I started a nonprofit charity there, George, which is just great. Uh, we help teens with stress and depression with the goal of stopping suicide. We now touch five to 10,000 families every single month. So you've got the what I do, which I love what I do, making people money, helping them with that. The book that we mentioned, that you mentioned, thankfully, thank you, is on stress and depression. Excuse me is on leadership and entrepreneurship. I've got so many balls in the air sometimes, George, get myself confused. And we work on that. So we're out there talking to people all the time about so many issues. It's wonderful. How do you keep everything straight? That's a really good question on what we do. I get asked (laughs) that too. Uh, You can see already I got discombobulated for a split second when my phone rang. Apologies on that. It's it's a six day a week venture what I do. It's not five. You cannot do what I do in five days a week. It's just physically impossible. Um, so I come in a lot of Saturday or Sunday mornings when nobody's here and I just put in a good four or five hours. I usually promise my wife that I'll be home by 10 or 11 in the morning. And so I sometimes start at five uh, on a Saturday and we get it done. But, you know, when you're helping teams out and you're running a nonprofit, that has some very odd hours. And sometimes that phone rings at one in the morning from a parent that says, help. So it's a little bit different than managing your money and doing other things that we're doing right now. But it is, it's incredibly rewarding. And then helping people with their retirement or with their family's finances is just as rewarding. What is, what is prosperity? We are an independent registered investment advisory firm that makes us fee only in our world. We are fiduciaries. And we are money managers at the end of the, of the day. And that was a bad question. What is what is what does it mean to be prosperous? Oh, that's a better question. <laughs> that's a way better question, <laughs> and and that is much more subjective, because your level of pro- being prosperous or having prosperity is different than mine. So you know, when I was a kid in my twenties, my mother said, if you put away two thousand dollars a year into your IRA, that's what they took then. And it grows at 8%, and you don't, you do it all the way till age 65, you will have $1 million. And that's all you'll ever need. Of course, I live in Northern California, and in a lot of ways, that's the starting number, not the finishing number, $1 million. Right. And that's not going to get you very far on what you're doing. So prosperous, to me, prosperous, or having prosperity, and that's different than wealth and riches. They're different terms. But having them, George, means I could do what I want to do basically when when I want to do it. Now, that doesn't mean I decided I, I need to go every weekend to the Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons somewhere in the world. That's 
going to take a lot more money than what most people have. But it does mean that if next year I want to go and see Eastern Europe and go to Croatia and Hungary, I have the means to be able to do that. If I want to play golf four days a week and join a country club, I have the means to do that. It doesn't mean I have to join Augusta or I have to fly first class on everything I do. It just means I'm going to places and doing things that within reason make good sense and make me happier and enrich my spouse in my life. I appreciate that. It is a subjective thing. Prosperity, success, wealth, all, all, all these things. When when you're meeting with people, do most people have a sense of, of, of what that means to them? They have a number that makes sense to them. I need $3 million in retirement, but it doesn't really, it's just a number out of thin air. Hmm. It could have been two or 4 million. So they think, okay, that's a good number. And the reality though, George, when you do a plan for somebody in retirement, you need to include actual financial goals in life. The average senior in retirement watches TV four hours a day. And that's hmm. a really bad thing. That's bad. I have people call me up and yell at me because they watch too much CNN, so I know they're yelling at me from the left. They watch too much Fox, they're yelling at me from the right. But they're both yelling over the same thing, by the way. Uh, but they're watching too much TV, and I have to remind them, turn off the TV. TV in retirement is not a plan. And so we want to get some plans. And maybe number one plan for most retirees is they want to travel. They want to play more golf. They want to spend more time with their grandchildren. They want to create something for a state legacy for them and maybe donate to a charity. If that means maybe they want to do a life insurance trust and donate a wing of a hospital. So many wonderful things you could do if you just plan for it and talk it out. So your mom wasn't wrong. Save $2,000 a year, get started early, get 8%. Um, a million dollars back then isn't what it is today, obviously, but that's still pretty sound advice. It is. The key is maximize. If you do any one thing that's going to have the huge impact in your retirement is max out on every possible retirement plan at your fingertips. Profit sharing, your 401k, your SEP IRA, your IRA, your Roth IRA, whatever these are that are available to you, max them out. If you're doing that and you do that for 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to have a ton of money. And so people pull this number out. They say, I, I, I'm going to need $3 million bucks or $5 million bucks. Do they really want $5 million? Or what, what is it that they're really looking for? They want what $5 million does for them. $5 million lets them sleep better at night because they're not worrying about money. It lets them travel when they want to. It lets them buy a house or a car for their children or their grandchildren. It lets them do what's important to them. And it is different for everybody. You know, when you have grandchildren, George, maybe the most important thing for your for you is I want to take care of their college education. For somebody else like me, no, I don't want to take care of my grandchildren's college education. I take care of that with my own kids. Let them do that. What I'll do is I'll help them out with a car when they turn 16. So everybody's different. And other ones will say, you know, I don't even want to do that. What I want to be is I want to be that parent takes all of my grandchildren and brings them to national parks all around the country so they get to see the best of America. All different things. So when you're helping people plan, when 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 you're helping families sit down and say, okay, let's 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 get organized, let's talk about what's important to you, are there main areas that you're focused on, principles? First thing is what's important to you this is a great question, George. What's important to you about retirement? What's, how do you see it? 
And if you see it as someone that's traveled, let me give you a better example here, George. 10 years ago, I sat down with my wife and I said, you know, I advise people all the time of what to do in retirement to make sure you have enough hobbies. And so I said, let's come up with what's important to us in our retirement. And we came up that travel was number one. I lived in Europe at one point. I love going to Europe. I want to travel the world. Second thing is we have a wine cellar. Actually, we own a wine tasting room. I've got a thousand bottles of big red Cabernet in there and some other varietals. So drinking great wine is fun. Buying wine is a lot of fun on that. And I'm a bit of an amateur chef, always working hard to improve my product there. So it looks better, looks more like it came off Food Network and things like that. I also play golf. We talked about golf and we realized we like golf. We don't love golf. So golf is not a real passion for us. So if I didn't do golf for some reason ever again, I'd probably find something to replace it with. But we, but if we get travel and food and entertainment, we're going to be happy people because that's important to us. I love seeing my grandchildren. I love spending time with them. I love spending time with my children. All that's great. Right? I just want to make sure that my wife and I, in our retirement, our golden years, are doing the things that are what's most important to us, which is travel, food, and wine. Travel, food, and wine. I think that that's pretty solid. So as, as long as she's on the same page with you. Yeah, we had we had a great talk about it. You know, we and we had a long talk about golf because we belong to a country club. And we had a long talk about how really important is golf to us. Not that we want to give it up. And it didn't hit the top three. Hmm. So the other part is when you, sub, you break down travel or you break down food, what does that mean to you? So you, George, you want to see every national park in the country before you die. To me, I want to see every country in Europe before I die. Um, maybe it's not that extreme that before you die in either one of them. But those are very different goals um, and with travel. And so you want to plan that out too, because me going to countries in Europe will cost significantly more than you going to all the national parks. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So either you think about this stuff or you're flying by the seat of your pants and you're watching four hours a day of Fox and getting pissed off and calling your financial advisor and, 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 and bugging him. So how some people, if you, if you tell them, what do you really want to do in retirement? It's probably easy. Some people just probably look at you with a blank look. And that's the question. That's our job as planners to help them in retirement. What is important to you? I just had a couple of my office this morning. They're in their seventies. She wants to go to Europe. She loves Europe, and she's originally from Peru. So she, South America and Europe, those are her big things. He would like to see more places in the United States, and maybe go to the maybe go to Vietnam and the Philippines. Now they both want to travel, but they have very different ideas of what travel is. And the first hour of our meeting was like marital counseling. <laughs> What's important? Can you live with going with her to Peru more often? Can you live? We're going to see the New England fall foliage. And when she said, well, it's so expensive to go to all these places in the United States compared with most of the world. And I said, well, you don't have to stay at the Marriott and the Hilton, you know, or the Four Seasons. You don't have to. You could stay at B&Bs. You could stay at an Airbnb. You just have to plan it better. But we, we've done lots of Airbnbs and bed and breakfast in New England, and they're way more affordable and more fun sometimes. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, do we just build up? It, it sounds like I don't want to put words or thoughts in her mind, but sometimes it's probably pretty human just to build up barriers 
just for the sake of doing it because we're not sure we're we're scared it's abstract you also you have that and you have that second marriage and sometimes they've been she was single 15 16 years before the second marriage or between marriages she's got a lot of independence there that happens with men too they get a lot of independence and compromise is a lot tougher for some people hmm. I, I love my wife but what if i don't want to compromise it's pretty hard to have a great marriage if it's always what i want to do no doubt about that yeah Speaking of what you want to do, you you wrote a book. How come? I've written I've written another one. There's one behind me I wrote before this, uh, and that was just kind of the story of what we do. It's really just a short part of the book. But this one, I wanted to write a book that was about entrepreneurship and leadership. Uh, some people, as you know, George, are the Zuckerbergs of the world, and they basically have straight lines in life. They graduated college or got a master's and and they have a straight line. They do very well financially. Their family's okay. Their business is good. Money's not going to be an issue. You know, they're not all Zuckerberg with, you know, 15 houses, but they're they're comfortable in their life. I've got a very good friend worth 300 plus million dollars, super comfortable in his life, very straight line. Not a perfectly straight line, but very straight line. And for me, I think I'm more the norm. I have this line, that line, that line, that line. I'm sometimes going backwards, forwards, zigzagging around. Life for me has not been a straight line. I don't come from money. My dad worked very hard to become a blue-collar guy and leave his family some money when he died. And what I learned is perseverance and determination. I watched it in him. I learned about it from my mother. And for me, every time I got hit in the head, it was an opportunity for both per uh, perseverance, fortitude, determination, and stepping forward again. So getting a bloody nose as an entrepreneur for me was a way of life. And I've obviously come out the other side in a big way, but it was. I think there are a lot of people who can feel, empathize with what my life has been because their life hasn't been straight either. Maybe they have a business failure. Maybe they have two business failures, a couple of job, jobs being fired at. Uh, maybe they're, they're divorced. Uh, maybe their, their child was sick or something happened along the way health-wise to some member of the family or even more personal than that in a tragic way. That's who I wrote it for. The people that are perfect, I'm probably boring them. The people that aren't, I'm a pretty interesting guy. Well, I appreciate that. How many people out there are perfect, Elliot? How do you... <laughs> you know, sometimes when, you, when you're not perfect, like me, when you've got zigzags in your life, and sometimes those zigs go backwards and not forwards. Um, and then other people tell you about their life and you begin to wonder, wow, is it me? And then you realize the exception to the rule are the perfect people, not the rule. So let's call it 1% or less of Americans are perfect. And then the other group are normal. The rest of us, regular people. So it's fascinating. Do you, do you enjoy writing? Yeah, I do. I love writing. I came in a lot of Saturdays and wrote, I've got an editor, a publisher, um, Someone that helps me take my, when I talk into a, um, a old fashioned tape recorder, she's really good at interpreting that and saying, no, you know, you want it to be on chapter two, you just wrote stuff for chapter seven. So we're gonna separate that out. She's really good about that. So she's in LA, I got somebody in LA and somebody in, in Texas outside of Dallas, and they've been really helpful. So we're hoping the gentleman I wrote this with, he, we each wrote about 28,000 words in a book. Uh, the two of us are hoping to take this on the road and speak to companies and speak to entrepreneur groups about life and fortitude. I appreciate that. So do you make time every day to 
do, do you employ time blocking? How do you how do you segment out work? Make sure you I get do, everything done. I do a lot of time blocking. That's a great characteristic. I'm as guilty as anybody else is the challenge of time management, especially when you're CEO of three organizations. Time management is a big thing. Uh, so it is a challenge every single day. And, you know, if you look at your life, uh, if you think about you, most people, they are their spouses, their husbands, their wives. Then they are parents to their children. Sometimes they're the children of aging parents. So there's another job, but they're, they have kids, other parents, and then they're business owners. Right. And you've got those three and you cannot do all three effectively the same day. It's physically impossible. And so one of those is going to be out of whack every day. So if you get that parental thing back in whack because, I, hey, I got to step up my game as a dad or mom, then suddenly I'm not paying enough attention to my job. And if I'm really booming at work, man, I could be a really crappy husband because I'm working 20 hours a day. And so you are out of whack every day. I talk about that in my book, that it's okay to be out of whack every day. It's not okay to be out of whack with the same things every day. Because then you're going to be an absentee. One of those jobs will be an absentee job. Yeah, I, I have always resisted the idea of, of work-life balance because the idea of 50-50 or 33, 33, 33 is silly to me. But I really like the idea that you just laid out. Like It doesn't need to be perfect every day, but it can't be wrong every single day, day after the next. No, you're going to be divorced like I'm divorced. So you know, that's one of my zigs backwards or zags backwards. Um, and it's really the matter... The reason for being divorced is irrelevant. The fact is that I'm a hard worker. I work hard. I'm a very committed father. I thought I was a committed husband, but I was working long hours. And even though that's not the reason for the divorce, when I look back on it, I have to admit that to myself, that if I could, I, I would have worked. And my daughter said something interesting. She's about 10 years old. I've been divorced already about three years at that point. And she said, you know, dad, you're a much better father because you're divorced. And I thought, I, I stopped. I said, wow, Alexa, that is such an amazing line. You just said, why did you say that? And she said, dad, I know you. If you were still married to mom, you would just be working all the time. Hmm. Now you come and pick us up on the days you have us, which was about 50%, 60% of the time. And you don't put us in daycare. You pick us up at three. We do homework. We do soccer. We do ice hockey. We're not late for anything. You're at our games on weekends. That's a, you're an unbelievably committed dad. And I think it's because you're divorced. It's not a straight line. It's a mouth of babes. I, 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 don't, I don't know if she's right. I think there's some truth to what she said. I don't know if there's 100% truth, but I think there is truth. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? We're going to get their copy of Driven. Yeah, great. And it just came out, you know, something It's out since July 4th. It's, a, it's an Amazon bestseller. I'm waiting to get my own copy. <laughs> I'd mail it to you if I had one, George. Maybe not next week I'll have them. Um, but they can get it on Amazon Books. They just type the word Driven, G-R-I-V-E-N by Elliot Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N in there. It'll pop up. I think it's $9.95 for a paperback. It's pretty affordable, one of something like that. And uh, they can reach me at Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, at Prosperity Financial Group. Com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Elliot your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Uh, go to prosperityfinancialgroup.com, check out all the great resources, shoot Elliot an email, Elliot at 
at prosperityfinancialgroup.com and then pick up your copy of Driven on Amazon. I'll link all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Elliot. Thank you. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.